never been called a nigga in my life. Nice. Until Donald Trump got into office. And while he was in office, I got called a nigger every other week from white people who just, I was in the, I was walking by a supermarket. I was in a Whole Foods. And all I did was go in and come out. And some guy walked by me and said, you don't belong here, you fucking nigger. And I said, I said, whoa, me? And he said, yeah, you, you need to get back in your car and go where you came from. This isn't your neighborhood. Welcome to the Fallen State. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. I have with me Takara Williams. She is a comedian, life skill coach, mm -hmm. motivational speaker, and model. Thank you for coming. Hi. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so the, the first thing I wondered about life skill coach, what do you teach people? So um, I worked with the sheriff's department, and uh, we had a school that was um, contracted in, and I was, I was teaching substance alcohol abuse, domestic violence, anger management, and parenting um, job skills to the inmates. Oh, I see. Yeah. And you were teaching them how to overcome it or, or why it happens or what? Why what happens? Uh, that they were domestic violent people well, and... Just giving them information. Because, oh. um, you know, they're offenders. So um, just depending on what they were in there for, just to get them to completely understand what domestic violence was, um, to completely understand what anger management is and why we need it, and how it could probably stop them in the long run from, you know, probably preventing them from coming back to jail if yeah. they go home. Um, parenting, because just understanding what their actions are doing and how it's causing an effect on their children. Um, and then, you know, job skills and things like that. So I see. Why are women so violent toward men now? <laughs> Why are women so violent toward men? And speaking of domestic violence. Um, because women are biologically, scientifically, factually more emotional. Yeah. And I think we have a harder time controlling our emotions. Um, I don't think a lot of women like to accept that because a lot of women want equality, but we can't look for equality because we aren't equal. Yeah. Um, and if you understand that dynamic, then you understand the difference between men and women. And women are just more emotional, which is why we so, can... So when you say that, how do they respond to that? They don't so like... that's the truth. Yeah, they don't like when I say that because a lot of women are being brought up to, to not need a man and to outshine a man and to be an equal to a man yeah. and when you're raised that way then you don't that that's just that's what you know that's that's part of your character trait it's just that's all you know is I'm I'm, I'm either equal or better than you yeah. um, and yeah. if you think you're equal then you don't understand that you're just we're more emotional it's a scientific fact that we're more emotional that's amazing yeah so were you raised that way why are you so solid with that you understand that so clearly because um, it's hard for most women to understand things. Um, I think it's a lot of it is just logic. Yeah. Just be logical. Um, and and uh, I was raised with my, both my parents oh, good. and my grandparents um, on both sides. We're very involved in our lives and our uncles. And I'm the third oldest of eight children. And, um, you know, I didn't grow up in the best conditions. I grew up in the South Bronx of the projects. But, you know, as you grow up and you learn and you pay attention and you, you know, you just have to, it's life. And it's either you're going to live in a fairy tale or you're going to be logical. Yeah. And I learned that, you know, being logical is the best for me. Absolutely. And. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, it's amazing because it's hard it, it, to find logical women nowadays. When I was growing up, women more logical then than they are today. Yeah. And it is because of the, the way that they are taught now, that they're equal to men and they're this and that. Mm -hmm. So they're not thinking for themselves. Right. I mean, if you look at society, if you look at the, the music, if you look at the movies, it all indirectly teaches women to, it, all, it indirectly teaches women, especially at a young age, that we are equal. Yeah. And then you grow up with that mindset yeah. and it, you know, can directly or indirectly affect everything, your relationships, your parenting, you know, just like I have a 16 year old daughter. And I combat with her often because I'm married and I can make my husband a plate of food. And she would say, well, why do you make his food? Wow. And I would say, well, because I like making his food. Yeah, you know, the same right. way he 
takes out the trash or uh -huh. he gasses up the car. But he can make his own food. I said, well, you can make your own food too, yeah. but I make yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because That's I just, amazing. I like, I like, I understand the roles between a man and a woman. A lot, a lot of, now, nowadays, a lot of roles are blurred. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And, um, and if they're blurred, then the relationship is blurred. But my point was teaching, getting my 16-year-old daughter to un understand this in this world and in this environment yeah. has been a challenge because she listens to the music. Yeah. And she goes to the school with the friends and she listens to, watches the movies where everybody's like, we're equal and women's rights. And I, I believe in women's rights. I don't believe in the equal part of it because we can't be equal. But she believes in this. Yeah. And then when to come home and watch her mom do something that she doesn't necessarily see... It's it's just challenging, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. And you are also a motivational speaker. Do you talk about these things when you're speaking, giving yeah. your talks and things? I talk about these things, but then I also talk about just growing up um, and not having. Yeah. And getting from that point to where I am now and understanding that there's still so much more work to do. Um, because people just, they can, they don't believe that you can come from nothing. Right. And then when yeah. they when they see you get to where what they believe is success, I like to go back and, and humble myself and, and remind them that there's a lot of work that goes into us. But it is possible. Absolutely. So that's where the motivational speaking comes in. And I try to speak life and love into people and just, you know, remind them that anything is possible. You just got to be prepared to work for it. It's that's not going right. to just come in your lap. You know, I, I watch a couple of your uh, um comedy movie uh videos yeah. there and in your movies you like you curse and you mm -hmm. rough and you all over the place like mm -hmm. but you seem so different here <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a little surprised <laughs> so is it just an act i know it's an act but mm -hmm. how are you able to curse like that and do what you do and be so logical um you have to learn to adapt to, your, to certain surroundings. You can't be everything everywhere. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like who I am at home is not who I am in the street. And I know people should, would say, you can be yourself anywhere around everybody, but you can't. And you have to know when to be what and, and where. So, so me, on, me, me, no, go ahead. So on stage, I am, I'm on stage. I'm performing. Right. I am... And there are times I don't curse, and then there's times I curse a lot, you know? <laughs> I do church shows, I do weddings, and then there's times I do a show in Compton, you know? And yeah. it's a whole different ballgame. So it's just one of the parts about being logic and understanding life is learning when to be where. Right. And what to be and when. So I just adapt to where I'm going to be at. So it's not like you are personally changing in these roles. It's that you doing what needs to be done for the role. Yeah. But you're not, you're still you. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is that your daughter in there in some of the uh, uh, shows with you? Um, or I is there some other girl playing your daughter? And what shows? Like when you do comedian shows and you act like you're talking to your daughter. Oh, I have, I have three kids. Oh, you do? So my oldest is 21. And then my middle is 16. Oh, okay. And then the baby is eight. Most of the time I'm talking about the girls. <laughs> Those are the ones that get on my last nerve. My son is he's pretty smooth, but the two girls, ooh. <laughs> I never want to fight nobody in my life like I want to fight these two these two girls. <laughs> and do they want to be uh do they want to get into the movie business as well? My uh my sixteen year old does. Um she didn't like at first that I would do stand up. Yeah. Um because I talked about her a lot. She's like my right. best bit. And she would get upset because her friends follow me on social media. Yeah. And she would say, can you unfollow them? And I'm like, I don't even know who they are. Right. Or can you, like, I would post, like, pictures of her. Oh, my, why would you post this picture of me? My hair's not done. I'm like, you're beautiful in this picture. My friends are screenshotting it. They're sending it to me. Can you please take it down? And I'm like, kid, <laughs> run your own Instagram. This is mine. If I want to do an appreciation post for you, I'm going to do it here. That's but right. she, they love that I do stand up, but they don't like that I necessarily talk about them. Um, but she definitely, my 16 year old definitely was, she wants to get into acting and, and things like that. And she didn't at first Yeah. when I was teaching, she loved the fact that I was teaching because it was normal. Yeah. And then when I stopped teaching because comedy picked up, she didn't like the fact that I was doing comedy because I didn't have, um, a nine to five. It wasn't regular. I was going on the weekends. I was out at night performing and she hated it for years. Yeah. And then one day she just said, 
I don't think I can work a job where I can't do what I want to do and what makes me happy. Nice. And I said, so do you understand what I'm doing? And she said, yes. I said, do you understand why I'm doing it? And she said, yes. And I said, because this makes me happy. It pays the bills. But also, I like going to work. It, I come home in a better space mentally. Yeah. I'm not angry at something that happened at work. And I enjoy my life. And she's like, well, I want to do that, too. Nice. And I said, it doesn't have to be an entertainment. Right. But just find something that you love to do. So That's good. Yeah. So you also call yourself, you're known as the beauty, <laughs> the beautiful <laughs> beast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I got that name back in New York um, because I was the, the stigma was beautiful women aren't funny pretty women aren't funny good looking women aren't funny and um, when I was in New York and I started stand up I was in, I was amazing and I was really funny and um, I would get booked for shows because I looked okay I yeah. looked pretty and, but then when I would perform, the promoters or the producer would go, well, you know, damn, you're funny. I didn't know you nice. would be that funny. Yeah. You know, or they would say, beautiful women aren't funny or pretty women can't be funny. You know, we'll book you because you look nice on the flyer, but you're going to go up there and you're not going to do well. And a lot of producers and promoters banked on that to sleep with comedians, female oh. comedians. Like if you do bad, you want to get a drink or two. And before you know it, they're messing with the women. And um, I would just always go on and give my best and not necessarily care about what the audience wanted or expected. I just gave what I could give and it always worked. And they would, that's what they started calling me. She's beautiful, but she's also a beast on the stage, but that's very old. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's still on my <laughs> I, I noticed that you've appeared on uh, Comedy Central, mm -hmm. NBC, BET and, and others. Do they know that before they book you that you're so logical? Because normally black people don't like logical people. Mm. Um, I think what they book me for is stand-up. Right. So I don't think they're really... And when you're doing stand-up, you can be logical, illogical, crazy, funny. They don't, they're not really looking for... There's no standard. Right. Um, so when they book me, it's just it's normally to do stand-up, not for conversations. And so they haven't seen or heard... You give talks and things like that? Um, probably. Unless they follow me on social media, then no, they haven't. <laughs> and so you haven't ran into, have you, ran, have you ran into any blacks who rejected you because you're so logical yeah. about things? Yeah. They have rejected you. A lot of women. Yeah. They call me a pick-me. What's that? A pick-me girl. I kind of heard that. What does that mean? That means that you would do whatever is necessary to get the man to choose you. That's what they say, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I think I think that... Women don't want to hear the truth yeah. because women don't want to be accountable for their actions and they want to blame all their actions on their emotions. Yeah. And women like that's like they talk about Kevin Samuels. Right. I don't really I don't necessarily like the lane that he goes with with what he says. I don't like the way he says it, but I agree with a lot of what he says. And women, I lost so many followers because I said I agree with him. They were really upset with me. And they said, Kevin Samuels is gay and he's this. And I said, he's none of those things. He's just speaking the truth. Yeah. And the truth is you want a high-valued man, which is fine if you want him, but does he want you? Nice. And if he doesn't want you, then you are your expectations are too high. You're not being realistic with your standards and boundaries for a relationship because you want this um, high-valued man who makes six figures and he's over six feet tall and he's got to be handsome with this amazing yeah. body and here you are overweight obese three kids living with your parents no education is he looking for you and if he's not looking for you then you're not being realistic with your expectations because there are a lot of good men out there who are interested in you that you are passing up because you're not being realistic amazing and it's oftentimes because you idolize relationships on social media and you're looking for that. On my uh, radio show, I have these biblical questions that I put out. And mm -hmm. this week, uh, the biblical question is, what do men and women want from each other? Mm -hmm. What do men and women want? <laughs> well, I can only say what I want. No, um, <laughs> Yeah, you're right want, about that. Um, can, can we curse on this show? I don't know. Oh, if yeah, you oh, can. can oh, curse. I've had some curses. Okay. Men, want, men are simple. They want to be, uh, they wanna be uh, fed. <laughs> they want to be fucked. And they, wanna, and they want fairness. That's what they ask for. They're right. not asking for equality. You, give, you sleep with them good. You make sure that their bellies are full. And you be fair. Yeah. 
That's what they want. Women want everything. <laughs> Amazing. We want, we want, we want good sex. We want, uh, we want to be fair. We want equality. Um, <laughs> we, women want so much, and it's just unrealistic. Women want things that we don't necessarily deserve. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Men are simple. Yeah, very simple. So how does your husband deal with you? Uh, <laughs> what? Well, my husband is a, um, he's a master life skills coach and he's a relationship specialist. So we agree on a lot of the same things. This is how we met, which is one of the reasons why he pursued me was because I posted a video up just talking about how much I support men and I know we praise women all the time but this is an opportunity to praise men and I see you guys working and taking care of your kids and going back to school and just trying to better yourself and being the best and if nobody tells you today I see you and he saw that video and fell in love and um, and we met and we talked and when we talked for like seven hours on the beach we just we, we have a lot of the same we see we see things the same right. And um, I think the, one of the reasons he de deals with me <laughs> is because um, I understand what his need is. So because I know what his need is, I can decide whether or not I can give him that. And then he understands what my needs are. And then he can decide whether or not he can give me that. Amazing. And once we came to an agreement, then we moved forward. So do you ever wake up some morning just mad about nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, today. Um, <laughs> Five minutes ago, um, I, I do wake up sometimes and just be mad. At, I think it's always something. I think that a lot of times we have healing to do and we don't heal and we wake and sometimes those things come back to us. And that's like a woman. You'll be like, she's angry for nothing. She's angry for something. She probably doesn't even know what it is. Yeah. She probably something happened and she got triggered. And she, she can't express what it was or why it was, so she's just angry about it. So sometimes I do wake up in a bad mood, but I go right back to sleep and wake up again. And so how does he deal with that when you're in a mood? Oh, um, he will ask me what I need. He says, uh, he'll say, what's wrong with you? And I'll say, I just, you know, this is me. Ugh. <laughs> and he goes, what do you need? And in that moment, it gives me an opportunity to say what I need. Sometimes right, right. I just want to hug. Sometimes I need five minutes to myself. Um, sometimes I want a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Like, I, like it just depends. But he he acknowledges that I'm not okay, and he also asks he 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 offers a solution to, you know, what do you need, and then what do you need from me? Nice. And so, would you consider him alpha male or beta male? Alpha. Alpha male. Uh, is he the head of you? Yes. He is the head. Yeah. And you have no problem with that? No. Wow. Rare. <laughs> yeah. Very rare. Yeah. So when you were growing up, were you closer to your father or your mother? My father. Oh, well, that answered the question there. Yeah. And he's alpha. But yeah. Because when boys and girls grew up close to their fathers, mm -hmm. they tend to be alpha. Yeah. But if not, they tend to be beta. Yeah. That's it's weird because my, my husband's dad passed away when he was really young, and he's an alpha. Yeah. Did, was he beta at, do you know if he was beta at one time but no. overcame it? No. He's a I mean, uh, Navy veteran. Um, oh, okay. And he uh, he said his dad passed away when he was really young, and as he was growing up, he wanted to know what it was like to be a man and to do what manly things. So he said he watched movies and he was always on the internet, right just now. like how do I be a man? Oh, I open the door, or oh, I, you know, I should do this walk on this side of the street, or you know, I should be paying for the first date. You know, so I, I always ask him, how do you get this way without your dad? Yeah. And he said, if there's any information you want, we live in a society where we can learn. Nice. You know. Did um um. So you are you surprised you were fortunate enough to get a man like that? Um, uh, <laughs> well, it's rare now. <laughs> um, was I surprised? Um, I want to say no. I think other people are surprised because I'm divorced. So this is my second marriage. Um, and I have kids already and a lot of people are not. They just feel like once you have kids and you're divorced, it's over. And you're just going to have to settle for whatever man, you know, you can get or or whatever man wants you. Um, I don't believe that I can have any man, but I believe if I present myself the right way and I have the qualities that are necessary, yeah. I can get the right man. Absolutely. And part of that is being submissive. A lot of women aren't submissive. That's for sure. Yeah. So you're, you're married, you're second married. Were your children upset that you brought another man into their lives that um, were not their fathers? 
their father? Yeah, I think they were a little taken back because I was single for four years. Yeah. And it was just me and them in the household for four years. Um, so they're still adjusting to it because uh, we just got married. Like we're newlyweds still. Oh, okay. Um, but um, it's a process. And I think it's important that because uh, my ex-husband passed away. Oh, I see. So I think it's important that there is a male figure in the household, especially for the girls. Yeah. I think it's important that girls grow up around a male figure who is a positive right. influence on them. Um, if not, then, you know, they could definitely turn out like a lot of the other. Not saying that it's always needed, but just saying for me, the yeah, way I grew up, there was always a male and a female in the household. Because yeah. normally kids don't like step parents, whether it's yeah. the mother or the father, because they're so yearned for their father, their yeah. natural father, mm -hmm. and no one else can replace that. And then when a, a woman bring another man into the family or, uh, uh, or a man bring another woman, mm -hmm. the kids don't like it because it's kind of, it separates them from their parents even more so. Yeah. And so they become upset about that. I think kids just don't want another adult telling them what to do. Yeah, that too. It's like I got to listen to them. my mom and my dad and now yeah. I got to listen to you Some telling me. Guy. So yeah. I think that's it. But I think it's also... You know, depending on their age, it also depends on the ages they are, too. You, um, do you have anger? Yes. You do have anger. Yes. And how did you become angry? Yeah. Um, I think everyone has anger. But how did you become angry? Because um, we're not born with anger. At some point, we become anger. How did you become anger? angry? I, I mean, I could have become angry at the simple age of two when I asked for right. Gummy bears, and my mom said no. You know, like I think we are born angry. I think that there's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing wrong with getting upset. I think it's important that we decide what we want to do when we're there. That's what matters. Being angry is a normal, basic human emotion. What you do when you're angry is what matters. Because you can get angry. I can get angry. You can get angry and throw something. I can get angry and listen to a song. So being angry is fine. It's just how do we conduct ourselves when we're angry? How do we handle that? So um, I don't know when I, how old I was when I first got angry, but I'm sure I was young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, um, so you think anger is good? I think anger can teach you. But is it good? Is anger good? Um, yes. I think, I think anger is an expression that we all need. I think it's okay to express anger. I think how you choose to express anger is what's important. Is there any love in anger? Yeah, there's love in anger. There's pain in anger. There's hurt in anger. There is um, confusion in anger. Um, there's joy in anger. You know, like if a woman finds out that her man is not being honest with her and she's angry, she's not angry for no reason. She's angry because she's hurt. She's angry because she's she loves him and she doesn't understand. So there is love and, and, and other things in anger to me. <laughs> um, it has been proven that anger is evil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And anger uh, destroys every fiber of the body, mm -hmm. the cells and everything. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of, not the only, but a lot of women get cancer because they have anger. And, and anger is because it's not of God, it's of the devil. Mm -hmm. it, and there's no nothing good about it. Even the kids, when you discipline them with anger, they think you hate them. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And so they they even though in the mind of the mother, she thinks she's looking out for the kids. She thinks she's showing love, but she's really showing hate. Yeah. And then the kids, because they resent that, they become like the mother because you become like what you resent. Right. So you take on your mother's personality and you, you lose your identity. Right. And so anger is evil. And that we should overcome evil. It's not normal for human beings to have anger. The only reason they have it, they have been turned away from the father, so they're in a fallen state. Mm -hmm. And they're taking on the identity of the mother. Mm -hmm. And so, but anger is not good because it doesn't build, it destroys. It destroys a family, it destroys friendships, it destroys mm -hmm. relationships or anything mm -hmm. because there's no love in that. What okay. do you think about that? Um, and the person that's angry is not at peace. Right, but I think that anger is a basic human, it's an emotion. And and to say anger is not a, there's no 
good and anger. I think being angry is it's a normal emotion to feel. You've never been angry? I, when I was in the Father State, I used to be angry, but mm -hmm. when God took the spirit of anger away, mm -hmm. I forgave my mother who tried to turn me away from my father. Mm -hmm. And when I forgave her, God forgave me, and he took that identity away. Mm -hmm. And in the last 33 years now, because I've been running my nonprofit for 32 years, uh -huh. I've not experienced anger. It's not in me. Mm. And I've dealt with a whole bunch of everything. I'm sure you have. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> and not it ain't in, in you. It's not in me. Hmm. He took the spirit of anger because that spirit of anger is of the devil. Yeah. And anyone who has anger is the devil. That's, that's a lot of us. Right. It's everybody. You know, we're all born into crazy families. Yeah. Into sin. God calls it sin. But it really, <laughs> it's families who are, the father and mothers are not one. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're out of order and... Especially with the mother, she dumped all her stuff on the kids, mm -hmm. and they, be, they become angry, and they become like the mother, and it goes on from generation to generation mm -hmm. until somebody forgive, and then God will forgive them, and they start a new generation of okay. love and not of hate. Okay. Because God is of love, and Satan is of anger. Of anger. Matter of fact, Satan cannot survive without anger, because he is of anger, and so he only he can he deal with people that are angry. But once you overcome that, he can no longer deal with you. Okay. I never looked at it that way. Um, but okay. That make a little sense or? It makes some sense. Yeah. I just. Um, and you're right. Human nature is of anger because human nature is of the devil. Okay. Human nature is not of God. His nature is not as human nature is. Mm -hmm. His nature is of love. Yeah. All the time. He never judges. He never hates because he understands. He can see the spirit of what's going on. Yeah. And that's what we become when we forgive. Okay. Did your mother ever impose her will on you at all? Um, yeah. She did. And how did you feel when she would do that? It was always love. You thought of that as love? I mean, my mom wasn't a negative. She wasn't a negative person. She was submissive to my dad. Right. Um, and she just showed us how women should, should present themselves. How did you handle things when she did things that you didn't like? It would irritate you a little bit. Like, I wish you'd back off, or, or I wish you wouldn't say or do this. I would talk to her about it. She, she allowed you to talk yeah. to her and to be honest about it? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's good because more mothers don't. Yeah. I'm like that with my kids now. Right on. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's amazing. Yeah. So if we felt anything, she would always ask us, how do you feel? And um, we would be quiet, and she'd say, well, you're not going to get in trouble. And we would say how we felt. And sometimes she'd take a second. Because sometimes she'd do some things that just weren't okay. Yeah. But, she, yeah. And, but to her, it was okay. And then when she heard from us that it wasn't okay, she would take a second. And my mom used to come and apologize to us if she was wrong. Nice. You know, she would say, I'm sorry I said that in front that of you. Helps. That's not something it I, mean, I should have said in front of you. And Yeah, that yeah. means everything. Yeah. But does. most mothers will not apologize to the kids. Because they I, don't feel like the kids are people yet. Yes. Unless you pay bills in this house, your opinion doesn't matter. You don't matter. That's deep. I don't agree with that. That's deep. Yeah. I got to ask you about uh, modeling. You like doing that? Um, I used to. You, not, you, not anymore. And, and why not? Because um, I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much that I want to say. Um, I used to do modeling back when I was in New York. And I was, uh, it was like they called it like plus size modeling. Yeah. And at the moment, I loved it and enjoyed it. And then later on, I was just like, I don't really know if this is something... I want to do. I, I mean, there's so much more to me than just a pretty face. So I just kind of backed off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And when I heard that plus side modeling thing, you know, right away I thought of fat. Yeah. And, but when I look at you, you're not fat. No. You're, <laughs> you're stacked. I am, which is it, so it, weird. different. Because, you know, for black women's bodies. Yeah. Um, even when I go to my doctor, she's like, you know, you're con you're considered the obese range with your weight, but you're not fat. To right. So my doctor, she's this little Filipino woman. She's always lost. She's like, your waist <laughs> is small and you yeah. have this nice body. I don't understand. And I said, well, I'm grateful for it. Um, but 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 um, yeah. So when they say plus size model, a lot of women do. I mean, a lot of people already uh, they already think of this big plus size, yeah. you know, Lizzo. No yeah. offense to Lizzo, oh, what, but Lizzo, what a gross. Lizzo type woman. Isn't Lizzo you know? gross going out naked? 
Um, I wouldn't. I don't say, mind her being fat if she wants to. Yeah. But don't flaunt it like that. People like it. She wouldn't do it if, if there wasn't an audience. If they paying, yeah. People like it, and there is uh, there's websites, there's chat rooms, there's dating sites where men like and love women her size. So if 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 people were less attractive to it and less women were like, yeah, girl, get your man, she wouldn't do it. But why doesn't she love herself enough not to do it? Because the world make a joke of her. You know, behind her, they'll say, oh, that's so nice. But at the dinner table, you know how people talk about everybody, yeah. talk about everybody. They're not saying that. I think when it comes to Lizzo, I think that Lizzo has lost weight. She does work out. She may post videos of herself eating all kinds of crazy on social media. But for the most part, and I just know people close to her, she eats healthy and she does work out. Now, because she's a bigger woman, when she loses a certain amount of weight, it's not noticeable yet. Right. But she does, for the most part, um, she is concerned about her weight and her figure and right. her health. Um, I think that at the stage that she's in right now, every amount, every small amount of pounds that she loses, she's excited about it. Yeah. And to us, it's us seeing her body every day. But to her, it's I lost five pounds, you know, this week and I lost four pounds last week. And I'm just excited about it. So I don't necessarily want to see it all the time. Right. That's the issue. I mean, I care enough for her mm -hmm. to say, hey, I understand the weight issue and people deal with weight stuff. Mm -hmm. But don't as an adult woman, like, don't go out flying it and looking all silly like this. Yeah. Because people don't have love nowadays. Yeah. And they'll pretend like it's all nice and it's beautiful, but really that's not what they will say to others when they... But yeah. they don't love her enough to say, hey, I understand. Don't do it. Don't flaunt it. Don't be naked like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I think there's more people telling her to do it than not. Really? Yeah. A and why? Because it makes it easier for them to deal with themselves if they're overweight. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So when you were doing the modeling man, and people would think that you were doing the plus size mm -hmm. thing, it really wasn't what you were promoting. Uh, did, how did it, wh what were you thinking, thinking that people thinking you're promoting? Were you, you weren't promoting that, were you? What, that plus it's size? okay to be fat and out No, there I wasn't promoting that it was okay to be fat. I was promoting the fact that if you were a bigger sized woman, it's okay to love who you are and be who you are, but understand where you need to be. Yeah. Like, I can love myself today, but I know there's so much more work I need to do. Right. To get to where I would like to be. Absolutely. But in order to get to where you like to be, you kind of got to love who you are now. And you love I yourself enough yourself to get sure. to where you Absolutely. got to be. Because if you hate yourself and <coughs> you don't care, then you're not going to work. That's right. But if you love yourself and say, I love myself, I love where I am, I love who I am, but I also would love myself you know, 30 pounds smaller. What is love? What is love to me? It's an action. It's doing what's in the best interest of yourself. It is, um, love is, what is love? Ugh. It's selflessness. It's, um, it's giving. It's honest. Love is honest. And what is a man? What is a man? Yes. What is a man? What is a man? What is a man? <laughs> <laughs> um, what is a man? Nobody's ever asked me that before. What is a man? A man is a protector. He is a provider. Um, he is a father. He is honest. Um, he is loving. He is understanding he's patient he is a leader are you a christian i am you're a christian and what does it mean to be a christian to you um i don't necessarily practice christianity you don't no <laughs> <laughs> but i was raised in a christian household what does it mean when you say you don't practice it what do you mean by that like i don't i'm not like i'm not like um I don't like know the Bible, like word for word. I know a lot of Christians know the Bible word for word. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't. Um, I didn't go to church much when I was younger. I started going to church more as I got older. Um, but I'm not like, like I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. Um, and I know a lot of people believe in different things. I believe that you should believe in whatever you feel you need to, as long as it allows you and gives you reason to project goodness into the world.
Okay. And so when you say you don't practice Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. What made and you name you list these things that is Christianity? Mm-hmm. What made you think though that's what Christianity is? Um, well, I, I don't think Christianity is going to church. I think if you believe in something, everybody, whether it's Christianity, Catholic, everybody goes to. But what made you think going to church or knowing the Bible and and all that? Married is, be- kids before kids yeah. after marriage and things like what that. Made, why do you think that's practicing Christi- Christianity? Because um, that's what the knowledge that I have of what it is. Could it be and that I could be wrong. wrong. Could it be that they're wrong? Um, it could be. Uh, because if you notice, the Bible, I call them Bible thumpers. They know the Bible like naughty going nose. And sin the most. And, 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 right. And they have no love. Mm-hmm. And so why would you want to practice that knowing that? Because it's not working for them. Yeah. Maybe they are wrong, but that's what it is. Mm, maybe. Have you ever considered that? I have. Yeah. It's amazing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you go from this smile to this serious face so fast. You be like, <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> 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 <He's not. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've always had a conflict with those things. Yeah. Because um, I was going to church for a while, and I was going faithfully and, and um, you know, paying my tithes. And then I started to get more involved in the church. And when I did, I was let down by so much stuff that was going on in the church. Yeah. The infidelity between the members and the pastors entertaining someone over here inappropriately. And, you know, the choir woman who's married, husband is over here. And I was so taken back because I said, whoa, whoa, you know, you guys talk so differently and you speak so differently in the church of, in, in the house of God. But outside of here, you guys are terrible. Yeah. And then I learned and understood that I wasn't there to praise them. That's right. Absolutely. You know, I'm looking into the wrong things. I'm, I'm here for him, not yeah. for them. So. Do you know yourself? The Bible says, know thyself. Yes. And what is it that you know about yourself? Um, if you can, not your private job, Yeah. but, you know, what is it that you know about yourself? I know that I, I'm learning I need to be more patient. Um, I know that I need to stop talking and listen more. I know that. Yeah. I know I need to be more, have more empathy towards people um, and to be empathetic, to stop for a second and just imagine what they're going through as well. Yeah. I know that about myself. Um, I know that I can stop being so, be more open-minded with my kids. I can work on that because I had my son when I was really young. Yeah. And now that my kids are the age that I was when I had my son, I don't really know what to do because I didn't have this. So the son is the oldest? Yeah. Oh, your first child was He's 21. Nice. And now that my daughter, I had my son when I was, you know, I wasn't even 18 when I had him. Oh, okay. So now that my daughter, she's turning 17 and she's like, Ma, you got to go with me to to the DMV and then I need to get my license and then I got to learn how to drive and then get my license. And then I also want to do this and I want to do that. And at 16, I was a whole mom. I had my own place. Yeah. I mean, at 16, 17, I had my own place. I was in graduating high school, going into college and I had a kid. So at that age, my parents didn't help me do those things right. because I did those things myself. Absolutely. And now with my own kids, I'm like, well, do it yourself. And my daughter nice. is like, no, we need your help. And I'm just like, I have to go back and remember that I'm not who they are now. It's not who I was forced to be an adult. And they're going to appreciate that in the long run, though, because when I was growing up, that's what the parents did. They, yeah. they would have us to do it ourselves. Yeah. If we needed some instruction and ask them, well, how is this done? They'd mm-hmm. tell us what to do, but we had to do it. Yeah. And it made us more independent as yeah. adults. Yeah. So, so your daughter's going to appreciate that in the long run. Yeah, and that's just kind of where we are now. And sometimes she'll say, Ma, how come you're not like this and you haven't done this? And I would always, I always tell her that at your age, I just wasn't doing these things. Yeah. Because I was a mom at your age, and I was had a job and was in school at your age. I had my own place at 17. So I'm just like, you got to give me a second because it's hard for me to give you something that I never had. Nice. I got to learn it first so that I can give it. Would you like to be patient in life at all times with any situation about anything? Yes. Let the anger go. Yeah. That's okay. what... Once the anger is no more, yeah. you have no other choice but to be but patient. But to be patient, yeah. yeah. It's the only thing. Yeah. 
I find myself, and it's a process. A lot of people want these things tomorrow. It doesn't happen tomorrow. It's a lot of habitual, you have to create a new habit for yourself. And it's in everyday little things, being more patient at the light, you know, being more patient on the <laughs> phone, right. you know, being more patient when your food is in the microwave, you yeah. know, and stop cutting it to open it up to see if it's, it's hot Absolutely. to put it back in. It's the little things in life that create habits for a better you. How so. do you see God? How do I see God? I see God as patient and I see God as um, um, graceful. And as what? With grace. He always oh. gives oh, grace. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, and to and and to and, and I see it as something that I want to move in the shadow of. I want to be more graceful. Right I want to be more patient. Um, I see him as understanding. I see him as an amazing listener. Do you believe your thoughts are your own? Do I believe my thoughts are my own? No. You don't create thoughts. Um. I believe that. Do I believe my thoughts are my own thoughts? <laughs> That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. I'm in, I'm in the middle with that one. Because sometimes I believe that we're here for, you know, I don't believe that we're, anybody on this earth is here for themselves. I, I feel like everyone is here for others, to give to others. Do you believe that you have ever created or had your own thought about anything? Yes. Have you ever created a thought? Have I ever created a thought? I don't even know how to answer that question. Give me an example. Can you do that? Uh, why do you believe that you have that you have had your own thoughts at some point? Well, who else thoughts would they be? I'm trying, and I'll tell you. Remember, why do you believe that if you don't know how you created it or them? But that's why I said I can't answer the question. I don't necessarily understand it. Uh, so Satan talked to you in a voice, and it sounded like your voice. Mm -hmm. It sounded like your father's voice. It sounded like somebody else's voice, right? Mm -hmm. But God is a voiceless voice. He revealed to you things that, like if you laid your keys down on a table, mm -hmm. and you're ready to go, and all of a sudden you can't find them. You're like, oh, where are my keys? Where are my keys? And Satan will tell you to look everywhere but where they are. Mm, okay. But the moment you calm down, then the common sense of God, would remind you they're under the table. That they're in your pocket? Yeah, oh, they're in your pocket. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. They're in your hand jiggling while you're looking for them. That's okay. right. Okay. But what Satan does in thoughts and the imagination, mm -hmm. he builds you up as soon as you're feeling good, he brings you down. Yeah. yeah. He makes you think about the past, which doesn't exist, mm -hmm. or think about the future, which doesn't exist. Yeah. And he build you up to bring you down until ready, you're ready to jump off a bridge after a while. Yeah, that's why anxiety is so high. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they're believing in the darkness. They're believing in lies. Mm. You are not your thoughts. You have never created a thought. Okay. All thoughts are all lies all the time. All thoughts are all lies all the time. All, Even the good thoughts? No such thing as good thoughts. There's no such thing as good thoughts. No. That's what he does. He build you up, pretend that they're, they're good. They're good thoughts. And soon you all relax and not paying attention, mm -hmm. he'll throw something bad on you mm. and say, oh, how about tomorrow? Or what about yesterday? And now you're feeling down. Mm. And then as soon as you're feeling down, he'll make you think something good. Tomorrow will be better. And now you're feeling good. And then he'll up and down. After a while, you want to cut somebody else's throat or your own. Okay. Have you noticed that? I, I'm, I'm paying attention to it now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? I got to think about it. I don't have an answer at, at this moment. Do you believe there is a future? Do I believe there's a future? Yeah. Well, every day we wake up, there's a new future. So, yeah. And do you believe, where is the future? Here. Here where? Oh, what do you mean? Like heaven? Or? Do you believe there's a tomorrow? Or yesterday? Do I believe a there's past a past or a future? Uh, yeah. You believe there's a past and a future? Well, tomorrow would be the past. Well, tomorrow, if tomorrow would be today's past. Do you believe there's like a, a past and a future? I do. And where is the future? Ahead of us. And where is tomorrow? Ahead of us. Where? Right ahead. Well, when you wake up in the morning. What? When you wake up in the morning <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> where do you come up with these questions, Jesus? <laughs> and, and where is the past? Behind us. Behind you where? Behind us. We lived it already. 
And so if you lived it already, does it still exist? In your mind. And in the mind could be lying to you. Your mind could be so. So you didn't, you weren't here yesterday? No. Okay. So we just live in one long, long, nobody, just, it's just one long life. There. Absolutely. Okay. And if you pay attention, you'll see the mind lied to you about the past or the future. Mm -hmm. Because it wanted to take you out of the presence, mm -hmm. out of right now. And the present is where God is. Mm -hmm. Satan cannot come into that present. Right. So he used the mind to make you think about a past or a future that doesn't exist. Okay. Because when you live then, you live then. Then is over. Yeah. All you have is now. Does that make any sense? It does make sense. Yeah. So yeah. you got to stop believing thoughts. Stop believing thoughts? Yeah. Okay. How do you move in life without believing thoughts? That's the way you move, by not believing thoughts. Just live right now. All you have is right now. The only yeah. thing that exists right now is you and I sitting here. Yeah. When this is done... Whatever come next, just one step at a time mm -hmm. without worried about the outcome of it or uh, the past of it. All right. Just now, you have nothing but peace all the time. So when I wake up, when I go to sleep and wake up in the morning, today was not, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be yesterday. Right. I'm confused. Um, a little bit, just like this much. You only think that it exists because you believe the lies of the imagination. If you didn't believe the thought, you wouldn't be thinking that way. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Have you ever noticed that whenever you think about the past, it's only because the thought bring it up. Mm -hmm. It's not like you go looking for it. Um, sometimes people do go looking for it. Uh, there's nowhere to go but in the imagination. Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. And imagination is all lies. Okay. Nothing but misery. In your imagination. It's nothing but misery. Even good thoughts. No such there's thing no as good. There's no such thing as a good thought. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Uh, maybe. Does racism exist? Yes. And where's your proof of that? Um, my proof that racism exists. Life. What do you mean? The police, schools, education, um, you know, the court system. How is education racism? And the fact that we don't teach, we fight to even incorporate black um education into our educational system is racist. So the blacks are being racist for trying to force somebody to learn about black? No, the whites are being racist for us to even have to ask. In, in what way? Why do we have to ask for the curriculum to include black uh, education? Why do we have to ask that? Curriculum is automatically taught about white and uh, white culture. We have to ask to include black culture. Can you give me an example of black culture that, that, that the blacks have to ask for? Well, it depends on um, what type of black culture. Like, I'm not African-American. So I don't believe that African-American has a culture. Right. I believe it's, that African-American yeah. culture is um, all the cultures mixed, trying to figure out what makes more sense to them. Yeah. Um, my parents are Belizean and, um, and Nigerian, so that's a well, different no culture you have so much within sense. itself. Yeah, so, African Americans are crazy. I don't think they're crazy. I the think fact that they call themselves African American and they were born in America—you don't think that's crazy? But I think they're looking at their ethnicity. They're black. They're African. They're African from African descent. But they don't even know. They wouldn't know Africa if African could cross the road in front of them and say, "I'm African." They wouldn't recognize it. I don't know. And when you go to Africa, when you go to Africa, they treat you as American. Yeah. They don't treat you as African American. Right. So why would the blacks that are born here, because instead of saying American, they put the African stuff in there? Well, then if that's the case, then on paperwork and documents, they shouldn't ask you what your Absolutely. nationality is. They Absolutely. should just ask you, are you an American? In the good old days, that's how it was. Okay. That's something new. But I think it's a division. I think it's a systematic division they want to divide you they want you to think that you may or not be african and they want that label it's a label absolutely and so i say racism doesn't exist it's a spiritual battle between right or wrong good or evil mm -hmm. and there are people who are mean to one another or others and there are those who treat each other in the right way mm -hmm. and so those who are mean don't like the ones that are not mean so it's a spiritual battle between right and wrong good and evil 
But the ones that wanted to divide and conquer, they put a name to it. They call it racism. So they can continue to divide. I don't agree with that. I think that I think that people are asking for when it comes to culture and ethnicity and race, equality when it comes to that. And I don't think that we're getting that. And I think that that continues to cause the divide. But we have given the blacks everything they wanted. No, they haven't. They wanted a long time ago during the so-called civil rights movement. They wanted to be able to go into white people restaurants and cafes, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to ride the bus with the whites. Mm -hmm. They got all that now. Then they wanted to move into the white people community. They have that. Mm -hmm. Then they wanted affirmative action. Like, we want to be able to go to the white schools or wherever. We don't want to have to work for it. Mm -hmm. So they gave them affirmative action. Mm -hmm. And then they, it got so bad, mm -hmm. they eventually wanted the white woman. And so the white man said, okay, you can have our women. Mm -hmm. And they still not satisfied. What else do we need to give them for them to be satisfied? What else do you need to give black people to be satisfied? For them to be say, okay, that's enough. We're doing it on our own now. What is it that we don't have? That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's a lot that we don't have. We are subject to violence differently. What do you mean? Um, I could be, I've watched it all the time working in the jail. I could see a white man come in with the same charge as a black young man, same age group, and the white man will get off and the black kid won't. Well, that's because the white man would have a better lawyer. He paid for the lawyer. It wasn't no, a. I've seen the black guys with lawyers too. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Um, do you love the Great White Hope? What? Do you love the Great White Hope? What is the Great White Hope? Donald Trump. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Why not? Um, because of what he stands for and what he. Um, let me, let me, let me word this correctly. Uh, he made it easier for people who I would consider racist to be comfortable being who they are. Really? Yes. So when more black people got jobs and he, he, uh, donated or gave money to the black colleges and mm -hmm. things like that, that was not a good idea? I'm not saying it, but... You can do some good and still do some bad at the same time. What did he do bad? One had, example. Then I got to put you on the hot seat. Okay. <laughs> what is the hot seat? I'm scared. <laughs> um, well, he gave uh, racist people an op like an opportunity. I had never been called a nigga in my life. Nice. Until Donald Trump got into office. And while he was in office, I got called a nigga every other week from white people who just, I was in the, I was walking by a supermarket. I was in a Whole Foods. And all I did was go in and come out, and some guy walked by me and said, you don't belong here, you fucking nigger. And I said, I said, whoa, me? And he said, yeah, you, you need to get back in your car and go where you came from. This isn't your neighborhood. You don't belong here. I said, I live here. Stupid. Nice. But that wasn't Donald Trump's fault. I don't think it, but I'm not saying <coughs> that. Sometimes when we do things and we make decisions, we can give other people around us a feeling of believing that, what we, that it's okay to be a certain way. It's okay to not be nice. It's okay. Yeah. And this is sometimes things that you, people have already felt. They've already wanted to do this. But it was always frowned upon. Now you have somebody who's not frowning upon it. It enables you to be who you really are. And a, a lot of people, a, a lot of white people that we've worked with, I've had people that I worked with that supported Donald Trump. And when Donald Trump got into office and we were working together at the jails, you sensed the difference in them. And I would say, well, we're going to go do, you know, have students say, well, I don't want the student in my class. And I would say, well, why not? Well, I mean, I, I just, I have enough black kids in my class already. And I'm not like, you know, I'm like, what is that? What, what the hell are you talking about? I just don't want them in my class. I have enough black students in my class and it's just, it's too many of them together. And I had never heard her say that before. Until she told me, you know, she said, I, you know, I believe in what Trump says and we have to X, Y, Z and they got to build the wall and all of this stuff. And the point that I'm making is that all you need is one person to make others feel comfortable enough to come out of that shell. I understand that point. Yeah. Are you for open borders? Uh, yeah. You are? Yeah. For all these illegal aliens just come in? I'm illegal. You came <laughs> So you came and here we are. Um, you came across the border? <laughs> yes. Whoa. I'm, to look I'm not illegal, up. though. Oh, you're not? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, I, but, I did, but I wasn't born here. You know, so. um, 
and and then I got to put you on the hot seat. We okay. told you I was tired. Okay. But no, when okay. I uh, when you talked about the influence, I remember when the uh, the father Messiah became president, mm -hmm. and you know who the father Messiah is, right? Uh, who uh, uh, Obama? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was he the way he dealt with things influenced other black people to become violent, knocking out white people, and stealing and killing and robbing and stuff like that. Because and, and and really start acting out with the police, because he he was saying that the police acted stupidly and and I had never seen blacks go that wild before, and so because the president seemed not to be against it, mm -hmm. it was like permission for them to to go out and attack whites. Um, I will say this to uh, to Obama and to Trump. I don't have a feeling toward any president because yeah. no president runs anything. They're just the face of it. Nice. They don't actually make the decisions to do anything. They have to answer to others. And those people behind them are the ones that make the decisions. They just have to be the face of the decision. What a mess. I got to throw you on the hot seat. Okay. I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Okay, go. The hot seat. All right. Do real men wear earrings? No. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Uh, who had more? Who has more privileges, black people or gay people? Gay people. Uh, do you love white people? <laughs> um, do I love what? Yes, I love everybody. Yes. Do you love white people? Yes, I love everybody. <laughs> Who's gonna watch this? Um. <laughs> Is it possible to have inner peace? Yes. True or false? A woman's place is in the kitchen. True. Will you celebrate White History Month with me? <laughs> I want to fight you. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> Would that big, White History Month is 11 months out of the year. No, no it's not. in July. White History Month is in oh, Independence? It, well, I started it in the month of July. This I have a fourth year coming up now, mm -hmm. and it's just because every other month we're taken up. Okay. And so I thought, July just feels white. Doesn't July feel white? I don't. I have to feel July this year, and then yeah, I have to get think back about to it. Fourth of July, uh -huh. relaxation, vacation time, mm -hmm. reflection. Doesn't feel white. Out of school, no responsibility. Yeah. Are you ever? Uh, have you ever visited Mommy Africa? No. Uh, do you support abortion? Yes. Do you trust the government? No. In one word or less, describe Joe, I mean, in one word, describe Joe Biden. Shit. Did you have fun? I had a great time. <laughs> that was my one word, by the way. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Joe Biden. Thanks for taking oh. on the hot seat. You. So tell the folks how to get in touch with you or, you know, watch your media stuff, uh -huh. your comedy. Okay, your... this is my camera. Yes. Hey, guys, it's your girl, Takara Williams here. Make sure that you follow me on all social media platforms, at Takara Williams, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Black Planet, uh, whatever, MySpace, everything. Um, thank you so much for having me here. It was I had fun. a great time. I, I totally time. enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Really. Good, 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 good. And thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, ring the bell. Let me hear from you. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you again. Thank you. Amazing. Next time on The Fallen State. What's important to you? Peace. Especially peace of mind. And so do you have peace? Yes. All the time? No. Sometimes you want a little, mm, a little, a oh, little you love something. your health sometimes? You want a little razzle-dazzle. Why? Just because. Should a man ever listen to, take a woman's advice? Yes. Why? It wouldn't be no great man. Can you name one great man that a woman made? LeBron James. LeBron James. Do you know they defunded the police? No. Oh. But I could tell you how I feel about the police. One of my ex-husbands was a sheriff. And yeah, I think all police are bad. <laughs> yes. And wrong, and wrong, punk. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for watching the Father's State. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Support my nonprofit at rebuildingtheman.com and tell everybody and their mama about the show.